0: Here's something we don't think about too often. Um, God has not designed our minds to remain in neutral. Uh, the hardwiring of the human mind in a healthy um, mental state is that we cannot remain in neutral. Our minds are always processing something, even when we're not consciously aware of it. Our minds are being fixed and anchored in something. Your mind really never is empty. It's always in something, on something, processing something, receiving something, or formulating something to be released. Um, we, we just don't go into neutral. That's, that's the divine architect, um, God himself. That's what he did for us. And one of the, I think, things that we may need to grow in as the body of Christ is our awareness that we have a cooperation. In this process, this design that God has established uh, concerning what goes on in our heads. You know, the Bible speaks of the human uh, faculties um, intellect, emotion, and our will. And then we also have the more spiritual, the not necessarily natural concept of who we are in our spirit or soul. And there's, of course, theological debate on that, whether. We are three-part or two-part body, soul, spirit, or just body and spirit. Um, figure that one out on your own. Um, I believe we are body, soul, and spirit. Tripart is what it's called, and or trichotomy. And the I think the thing that Christianity needs to um, highlight a little bit better, especially in the American church, is this issue of our mind. Um, The heart is described in the Bible as kind of the central location of who we truly are. And I believe when we read heart in the Bible, sometimes it's talking about our intellect. Sometimes it's talking about our emotions. Sometimes it could be a reference to our spirit or soul. And so you have to be diligent in remaining aware that you are actually a complex creation. God has created you with complexity. You are not just, you know, a lump of DNA moving like a robot, that you're actually complex in um, how the Lord has wired you. And so for a few weeks on the podcast, we've been talking about this issue of our thought life and our minds. And I think I'm going to wrap it up with this one. I just felt like I wanted to do one more episode on this and go to a very familiar passage of scripture Um, In the book of Philippians, and in Philippians chapter number four, um, we read some verses that are highly instructional, and in my opinion, they're very empowering. Um, These words instruct me as a follower of Jesus in what to allow my mind to fixate on. And I have found over the years that when I'm in alignment with these instructions, It produces what it says it'll produce. And when I'm out of alignment with what is told in these verses, then I experience the very thing that I wish I wouldn't experience, which is a loss of peace, a loss of confidence, a loss of clarity, and a loss of any sense of being partnered with God. And as much as, you know, I'd love to be the perfect podcaster and, you know, kingdom leader that has a flawless reputation in history that I've never struggled in my mind or in my emotions or in my spirit. Um, that would be a lie. And so maybe by me telling you that, yeah, I have to work at this. I mean, I'm 30 years almost into the Lord now and I still have to work at this. So I don't have a, um, an ability to say, Hey, look, I started doing this, you know, right after I got saved and I've never struggled with it. Um, But I will say this, to offer some semblance of hope, there is um, hope for you if you're constantly battling in your mind, and I believe your breakthrough will involve many things probably, but at the very least, it needs to involve these verses, because there's a reason why God put these in the Bible, and they're highly instructional, so let me read them. How about that? You're like, okay, Jeff, enough blah, 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 talk to us, give us the verses. All right, so Philippians 4, 6, and you're going to recognize these verses, but don't let them, because they're familiar Um, Don't let them lose potential value. Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, Think about these things okay he's saying intentionally center your mind on these types of things so this is important this is God's word telling me as a Jesus follower what to intentionally that means it's my responsibility it's an it's a command Jeff you need to think on these things and then they're listed as whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. And then he wraps it up and he says, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Okay, so let's walk through that because the, the result is very important. He says, the peace of God will be with you. He says that. Uh, up in verse number seven and then he says the god of peace will be with you the peace of god will be with you verse seven the god of peace will be with you verse nine and what's centered between you having the peace of god and having the god of peace it's what you put your mind on and right now there is incredible friction in the atmosphere um there's you know constant open door of streaming nastiness that is devoid of the very things that Paul told us to center our thoughts on. And so if you're not being intentional, highly intentional, concerning what your mind is given to, then you're probably undermining uh, the sense and level of peace that God is asking you to live at and affording you to live at. And it's actually the level of peace that you would love to live at. But it's not just some holy anointing that comes from heaven and all of a sudden you have peace, you're actually being invited to direct your own thoughts and your mind to certain things. And by nature, just by definition, if I'm thinking on these things, it means there are other things I cannot be thinking on. So let's walk through this a little bit and be patient with this because for some of you, this is a key turning point in your life these verses and the the power of God's word here, if you will place your faith upon them and faith is always backed by action. it's not enough for us to say amen to these verses. you have to do them in order to receive the result that God attaches to them and he starts out with a whopper. I mean listen to this, this is your Bible. just let your Bible say what it says. In Philippians 4, 6, he says, don't be anxious about anything. You know, there've been certain seasons in my life when I would hear that and just hearing it would cause me to be more anxious because then I would be anxious over being anxious. I'd be like, well, I'm anxious. And then I'm being told not to be anxious. And that just makes me more anxious. I, I promise you, I've been in that place. I didn't stay there, but I've been there. But it's still the Bible. God Almighty, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, your Father in heaven, looks at you, and he says, stop being anxious. You know, some people immediately want to protest, but it's how I feel. And God says, stop allowing that feeling to be nursed, to be cuddled, to be breastfed, to be pampered, to be held. Stop babying that anxiety in your life and instead abandon it. Walk away from it. Deny it. Refuse it. And the reason why is because you can. We're never commanded anything in scripture that we can't do. So when God's word commands me in Philippians 4 6 to not be anxious about anything, I mean, that is crazy. Some of us are wired that, like, if we're not obsessing over something or worried over something, we feel irresponsible. Because after all, you know, the fruit of the spirit is I'm hyper responsible. And <laughs> that's not really in the Bible. Um, when, when you are so given to duty, responsibility, and um, it turns into turmoil within you because you don't know if your mental checkl- checklist is being perfectly handled. You don't know if your calendar is perfectly scheduled. You don't know if your cabinets are perfectly stocked. You don't know if your appearance is impeccably manicured. Um, you're living in a form of anxiety because perfectionism is literally I believe it can be rooted in the flesh, but it's often um, exploited by the demonic realm. The desire to do things right and to live in excellence can be so exploited by the enemy that you will be living in fear of not being perfect, as if your perfection is what keeps the planet in orbit. And so what happens is we live in anxiety about things and sometimes about everything. Um, He says the antidote to anxiety, he says it right there in verse six is, in everything by prayer and supplication, and thanksgiving, make your request known to God. It's so simple, we don't do it. We're so sophisticated. We're so stinking um, hyper-spiritual that we think that verses like this are just like, you know, ABC one, two, three, and yet we don't do them, and we live in anxiety. So this is what God says. Instead of being obsessively anxious about things that are not within your power to control or perfect, become a person of prayer and supplication with gratitude. So in other words, be so thankful. You know, the, the, the thankful heart is a fertile garden. And if we will be thankful to the Lord and from a posture of gratitude for all that is right in our lives, we pray to him about the things that are not right. The things that could produce fear, the things that do seem overshadowing or overwhelming to us. He says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray and supplicate. That means let your petitions be brought before the throne. And when you do that, um, you are relieving yourself of the presumed responsibility to be God. You make a lousy savior can I say it twice? You make a lousy savior. He has not called you to make sure everything is perfect. He has not called you to fix everything. He has not called you to rescue everyone. He's not called you to, um, you know, take on some internal sense of responsibility for international conflicts or American economy or, you know, elections and, that's just too much pressure for you. But you can pray about all those things. You can talk to him about all those things. When you feel anxious, let me put on my little pastor hat for a second. When you are living with anxiety, whether it's low grade and constant or whether it's spiking and it's um, you know intermittent, but when it gets you, it gets you. Um, those are signals to throw yourself upon the Lord. Uh, to cast all your care upon him, knowing that he cares for you and you have to retrain your instincts to go from nursing and coming into agreement with anxiety you you literally have to divorce anxiety you you have the right you have the right to walk away from anxiety and i get it i know what we think well wherever i go i have anxiety with me it's cuz you're allowing it it is because you've come into some form of agreement with it and it, listen i'm not talking from a you know ivory tower um, I went through, I've gone through several seasons as a believer where I could not shake this stuff out of my head. And the only thing that brought me breakthrough in most of those instances, I was able to pray and fast my way out of those seasons, but there have been, <clears throat> excuse me, many seasons where I had to get somebody else to speak into it. Um, I know, uh, in 2022, Um, The enemy so harnessed some word curses that were spoken against me that I was living with the most um, irrational worries for in and out for a few months to the point where I finally had to go get deliverance. And hallelujah, I'm glad that I went and got deliverance and I got that stuff broken off of me. And I can tell you before the Lord, I haven't wrestled with any of that since then. But I had to bring somebody in to help me. Most of the times you can fast and pray your way through it. Sometimes you need help, so that may be a a stretch for some of you when you just hear God saying to you through Philippians four six, "Don't be anxious, don't worry about anything." <laughs> That's the command. Do not worry. It doesn't mean you can't address things, you can't think through things, you can't uh, process things, you can't dialogue or plan or prepare. <clears throat> it says you can't worry. You're not allowed to worry about them. And yet some of us are so addicted to worry that if we're not worrying, we feel like, Oh no, I'm not being responsible. And ultimately there's a foundational lie in that you feel like that. If you don't obsess over something, then it's going to fall apart. And in that sense, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's an underlying uh, psychosis that says I'm like God, God expects me to be like him and handle all of this stuff that I know in my own power and ability and resources I can't handle. And that's what brings the anxiety. You feel responsible accountable uh, for something before God or others that God actually hasn't assigned to you that's why you don't have peace about it because it's not in your full jurisdiction from God to be able to do what you think you need to do with this issue this person this event this item and so you're living with um, like illegitimate pressure and it produces this worry and fear So what do we do? Well, it says if we'll put everything in prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, when we let all those requests, these needs be made known to God. We go to God with our needs a thousand times a day if you need to. God says, I would much rather you pray about it again than worry about it again. And so sometimes you just have to pray your worries out and then you have to have Thanksgiving. And that means that there's these petitions are being made to God coupled with faith. And belief that he will handle things to the best possible way. And you release them. And what happens? Verse 7, it says, And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Okay? That's a promise to believe or not believe. I choose to believe it. I hope you will too. So the Bible says when I refuse to come into agreement or stay into agreement with anxiety and worry, and instead of that, I retrain my instincts that when I'm tempted to worry, I become a person of prayer and I give thanks to God and I let all those needs and requests be made known unto God God's promise is this when you do that Jeff when you do that Mavericks and Misfits listener the peace of God God's peace which surpasses all understanding I'll come back to that his peace is going to garrison guard protect your heart and your mind so that's a promise So when when we come to this place, we're saying, yeah, it's actually not good for me, for the glory of God, for the people around me to obsess and be in anxiety and worry and, you know, you know, just consumed with these things that are beyond my control. And instead, I'm going to be a person of prayer a thousand times a day if I need to. And I'm going to welcome the promise of God attached to this activity. Attached to the activity of thanksgiving, prayer, supplication, letting my request be made known to God. The promise is God's peace is going to guard my heart and mind. Now, do you believe that? You say, well, I don't understand it. Well, good. I'm glad you said that because it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You have to believe for it. And if you believe for it, you'll experience it. If you try to understand it, or if you try to get the peace of God before you let your request be made known unto him before you refuse to be anxious or worried before you bring everything in prayer and supplication to him. If you try to get the peace of God, then do that. You've got the whole formula backwards. It's in the Bible for a reason. Friends, like let your, I'm, I'm, Can I just go on a quick tangent here? It's wearisome to keep encountering Christians that when you give them the word of God, their instinct is to say, yeah, but yeah, but for me. Yeah, but you don't understand the situation. Yeah, I I know what the Bible says. I've read those verses before, Jeff, but this is different. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're not that special. (laughs) Say, hey, man, look, I'm struggling with anxiety and worry and you're coming down on me. No, I'm just telling you you're not that special. This, this verse was before you. It'll be here after you because the word of God endures forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. And so this verse from the heart of God preceded you. It will outlast you. You're not so special that it doesn't apply to you. And your situation's not beyond the scope of what this is talking about. There are people that have faced things that are incredibly more difficult than anything you or I are facing right now. And they have found these words to be true, that the peace of God that goes beyond understanding. Quit trying to figure it out. Just do it. Like, don't talk to me about why it doesn't work when you haven't committed to doing what it says and staying in it. You know, I tried that for 45 minutes. No, 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 no. This is your life. This is the way the Christian lives. That refusing to come into agreement and stay into agreement and nurse our anxiety, our worry, our over sense of responsibility. We divorce that. We say, I'm not walking with you anymore. I'm not living with this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm going to start talking to God instead of talking to myself about all these things. And then God, thank you that you hear me. God, thank you that you have everything I need. God, thank you that you're handling all the things I can't handle. God, thank you for working in the heart of this loved one or friend that I cannot change them and they're on a path of destruction. Thank you that you've heard me today and thank you that you love that person more than me. So I know you're working all things together for good. Thank you, Lord. I relieve myself of responsibility for all of these things that are outside of my control. God, I will make myself responsible to intercede, to pray to bring supplications and thanksgiving before you and Lord thank you now that I am now qualified to receive your peace it blows my mind God I don't understand it it's beyond understanding but thank you I receive your peace as you keep and guard and garrison my heart and mind in Christ Jesus that's what the Bible says and so if you just believe the word and start doing it Before you feel it, you don't need your feelings permission to obey. You start obeying and believing and your feelings will adjust themselves to what you're doing because you're engaging your will in alignment with the word of God. And so then let me finish up our remaining time with these things because he's saying, hey, here's how you begin to do this instead of worrying. Here's what you do. And it's a command. Okay, it's think about. These things, things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are just, things that are pure, lovely, worthy. Give your mind to these things. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What do you give your mind to? Something fills your mind. It comes in through the eye gate or the ear gate what you see and what you hear, that is what um, most influences your thoughts and your emotions. You're not impervious to external stimuli. That is why um, the demonic realm harnesses much of what is in the culture because we have to walk through the culture every day. And if we are negligent And putting up some fences some walls some defense from what is in the culture then our thoughts are being shaped by a lot of things in the culture which are patently demonic and it's because we're not protecting our minds we're not protecting what comes in that we see and we're not protecting what comes in that we hear so whatever is true Whatever is true, I would say that's biblical. Think about things that are biblical. Blow the dust off your Bible. I'm glad to podcast to you. I like to preach. I like to teach. I, I love, you know, being a four year professor at Keneo and teaching my year four students. I love it. I love preaching at Antioch Outpost and other places where the Lord opens up doors. I, I love doing the podcast. I love doing transforming truth and all the TV stuff. I love it. It's great. But if the people that I am speaking into their lives aren't reading their Bibles for themselves and they're just going off of whatever they're hearing on podcasts or sermons, you're not really thinking on whatever's true. You're, you're nibbling. You're not devouring. Whatever is biblical is whatever is true. The Bible is truth. And so the more truth you are framing and soaking up, your mind's like a sponge. Whatever you dip it into, it'll absorb. And so absorb the scriptures. Baptize your brain in the Bible. (laughs) That's a little alliteration there. Baptize your brain in the Bible. Whatever is true, Paul says, think about true things. Don't give yourself to falsehood. I talked with a man years ago who was married and he was struggling with pornography And of course it was terribly impacting their physical relationship in the marriage and, um, in counseling with him, I had, you know, I I probably would do it differently now, but back then it was just about, Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And ultimately I wasn't offering him the kind of help that he needed. Um, the consequences weren't going to deter him from doing it. And so finally we got down to why does his mind go to pornography? And as we sorted through that, I said, let me tell you something about pornography, sir. It's not true. Pornography has no truth in it. There's nothing that you are witnessing on that screen that has anything to do with who God is, with who you are, with who your wife is, with what God has designed for you. It's all a lie. That woman on your phone or your computer does not know you, does not see you, does not want you. And there is nothing that she can give you. Everything about your pornography um, compulsion is a lie. And you know what's amazing is that's what gave the guy the first steps to his breakthrough. When he realized it, fantasy has nothing to do with reality, and he realized because he was an intellectual, he realized I'm not walking in reasonable truth. You know, I would love to tell you that he loved his wife and his kids so much that he stopped, but that wasn't the case. What gave him? And by the way, they're fine now. They're great. Matter of fact, they minister to others now from that place of healing. But what happened to this man was that he, the light bulb went off. He's like, none of, none of this is true. Guys, we, we, we cannot receive the lies of the culture any further. Whatever is honorable. That's just like, think on superior things. Don't give your mind to base things. Go ahead and, and, and think reverently. Have some spiritual dignity. Have some nobility about you. You're you're a daughter of the king. You're you're a son of the king. Walk in honor. Walk in holy dignity. Walk in reverence. Don't give yourself to things that are beneath you. There are things that are base and common that you just aren't needing to give yourself to. When, When I know women that talk too much and listen to other women that talk too much. It's not that men don't gossip, but it it does seem to be a problem with women more so than guys. And when you're doing that, you're not walking in whatever is honorable. When you give your mind to other people's gossip, you're, you're literally walking in dishonor. And that affects and it drops the protection on your mind. And it opens you up for all sorts of other dishonorable practices to seem normalized. And so where, where if you just give yourself permission to listen to people gossip or to engage in it yourself, you're no longer thinking in honor. And I promise you, it will attach itself to anxiety. People that gossip and talk about others and operate in dishonorable Um, inferior things, you open your mind up to other things to come in and it reduces your protection against anxiety and worry. And Paul says, Hey, think on holy things. He says, whatever is just pure and lovely, like guys, I'm just going to go ahead and risk it. But like, there's just some stuff, man, that you can't let into your eyes and your mind, your ears, like some of the music that Christians listen to that aggrandize stuff that Jesus died for, that's inviting your peace to leave. I'm going to evict peace out of my life. I'm going to welcome anxiety into my life because I'm going to watch things and listen to things that have nothing to do with the spirit of Jesus. Like this stuff matters. I know that can sound like legalism, and it can sound like religion and I'm willing to risk it in order to rescue some people from unbroken patterns where you just let stuff into your head and then you wonder 24 hours later when you're quiet and still, why don't I have peace? Why am I unsettled? Why am I worried? Well, maybe it's the, the horror movie or the sex scene that you watched, or maybe it's the music that is depressed or violent or misogynistic or glorifying drugs and partying and bars like that stuff matters. That's coming in the ear gate. It has to go somewhere. When you hear it, it doesn't go in one ear and out the other. It situates itself in your mind. And the more of that that comes in, the more suppressed are the things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely. I even had to quit watching the news years ago. Um, I glance at headlines. I get what's called every morning, I get a little email from, it's, if you want to register for it, it's 1440 Digest, just Google 1440, 1440 Digest, and they send me a summarized daily event of news that has no biases, they're not trying to tweak me, they're not trying to get me to feel or think a certain way, they just provide me the headlines and that's my news, and I have to stay off social media, um, I, I I post Every day on social media, just about every day, but I read almost nothing. And sadly, I unfollow most of the people that I'm friends with because I learned years ago, probably eight or nine years ago, most people post things that rob me of my peace, that rob me of a mind that is situated in Jesus. There's a lot of toxicity. Well, so it's my responsibility. Not to let that stuff through my eye gate or my ear gate. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. And how can you think on things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely, while at the same time being completely disengaged from what you're allowing into your eyes and into your your ears? So, (laughs) you know, Paul says, this is how you get rid of anxiety, This is how you pivot and turn from anxiety to a life of prayer and thanksgiving. And this is how you enter the peace of God and you experience the God of peace. It's not just peace from God. It's God who is your peace. You become more aware of him and his activity. And so I'm trying to find a place to get off the train, but clearly guys, achieving inner peace doesn't happen Without our full cooperation, peace is experienced in your heart. It's experienced in your mind. It's like you ex- you experience peace, and it's in your heart, mind, soul, spirit. And the Bible doesn't, kind of, you know, the Bible doesn't neatly divide these aspects of the human experience. The Bible doesn't say this is heart, this is mind, this is soul, this is spirit. It's all just kind of there. And God invites you to partner with Him in this process, whereby like external influences. Don't have a negative pact on our internal state. And so he's here. Paul's calling us continually think about these kinds of things and the status of your heart depends on what you give your thoughts to. That's it's your power. I'm empowering you. You you can't allow inferior things into your mind and then reasonably expect to live with peace. Everything that we allow into our mind has an impact on our soul, everything. We're either building inward peace or we're undermining it by what we allow to come into our lives. And that's why Paul is calling us here to center our own minds on things that are true and honorable and holy and worthy. And if we place this type of superior filter across our minds, then our personal peace will grow. But if we continue to be negligent, we're going to allow from the culture teachings, ideas, philosophies, constant nonstop chatter, entertainment. We're going to, if we if we are negligent on protecting our minds, we'll allow all this other stuff that degrades our peace, and it'll gain access to our thoughts and our minds. Again, they're they're not designed by God to normally remain in neutral. You're always thinking about something. Even, even when you're asleep, you're thinking about something. Your consciousness is, you're asleep, but your mind is still working. Your spirit. And it o- it can only move on the fuel that you've given it during the day. So, if, if we'll just refuse to give our minds to unworthy things, those things are unable to anymore influence the condition of our hearts. That's good, good news. So, I guess in closing, the question is, do you treasure personal peace? Do you want it bad enough? Do you want to live free from all anxiety? And you can. You absolutely can, but not without being intentional. So you've got to consecrate the gate of your mind to Jesus. Jesus, man the gate. Teach me, Lord, to guard the gate of what comes into my mind so that I'll no longer be bound in anxiety, not for a week, month, or a year. I don't want it anymore, not for a day, a week, or a month. Like, you can go a day and have zero anxiety. You can go a week and go zero anxiety. A month, a year, you can actually defeat anxiety, but you can't do it accidentally, You have to be intentional about it, and it all depends primarily. It all begins to depend on you taking ownership of what you listen to, what you watch, the people you allow to speak into your lives, and you just say, I'm actually going to get a little militant about preserving and cultivating my peace, and I refuse to entertain things in my head that are inconsistent with who Jesus is. Now look, maybe listen to this whole podcast twice. I'm not saying I got it overnight, but I will tell you, I got it. Is it tested? Yeah, it's pretty much tested monthly. There'll be something each month that will provoke my newly trained instincts and make me want to go back to a default of trying to own it, manage it, and control it. It Never works for me, and so I resigned and I retired from that, and I encourage you to do the same. Hey, I'm closing out. I want to remind you, you can go to transformingtruth.org. If you go to transformingtruth.org, uh, you're going to find lots of resources there that we put out, um, full teaching 30 minute video teachings and hour long teachings. Um, Listen, if you think about it, this would be a great time if you've never supported transforming truth, just got to be frank and honest with you. uh, Mavericks and Misfits is put out by transforming truth. All the resources for the podcast are covered by donations to transforming truth. I don't know if it's the economy. I don't know what's going on. Um, I've talked to a lot of other nonprofits, but donations are down and we can't do what we do. Um, you know, I think transforming truth is probably about a $400,000 a year budget for television missions and all the stuff we do. Um, and we, it's down. And, and so I'm just telling you, if you want to help me, uh, go to transforming and sponsor that ministry donate it's all tax deductible just like normal 501c3 but if you feel led to the lord please help out right now this would be a great time for you to do it we trust the lord but we also um we make our needs known from time to time and uh you know we're just going to keep trucking on for the lord doing what we're doing i want to encourage you if you got some feedback about the podcast write me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com say it again, jeff at maverickmisfit.com. And uh, you can also go to maverickmisfit.com and email off the website. Would love to hear from you about feedback on any episode or maybe ideas for new episodes. So my time's gone. We'll talk to you next time. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mavericks and Misfits. If you were helped by what Jeff shared today... Please take a moment to rate and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or Spotify. Your review helps us enlarge our digital footprint to reach more potential listeners every week. Also, please take advantage of the free written and video resources made available at transformingtruth.org. Join us again every Tuesday for a brand new episode of Mavericks and Misfits.